Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Friday, July 21st. 2023. Happy Friday to everyone out there. I hope that you've had a great week. Thanks for making Lockdown Blue Devils a part of your life. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. I want to give a big time shout out to all of our everydayers out there who are listening to the program each and every day. Your support of us means so much. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free on whatever podcast platform that you so choose. Leave us a five-star rating and review and so much more. Also watch the show daily on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel. Like the video, share it with your friends, all that jazz. As again, your support just means everything to me. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Duke men's basketball has finalized their non-conference schedule for the upcoming season. And we've got a couple of takeaways from the four-on-four scrimmage footage that Duke men's basketball has released on their own YouTube channel. We're going to discuss all of that and a whole lot more today with my very good friend, Kevin Connolly, who is the site expert for Ball Durham, a longtime friend of the program. Kevin's back with us here once again today. The time is greatly appreciated. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing good, JJ. How about you? I can't complain. Thank you so much for asking. So let's get right to it, man. We've got the non-conference schedule that has finally been released. A lot of these matchups were rumored, right? A lot of the top reporters in college basketball knew that some of these games were going to be on the schedule for Duke. And then a couple of the uh, lower tier basketball games were announced as well. Let's get into them game by game in just a moment. But just big picture, this is another sign that the season is right around the corner now that we've got the season or the schedule at least uh, finalized in the non-conference. Yeah, put out a tweet yesterday that it's I think now 93 days to count down to craziness or just around that 90-day mark to count down to craziness. So, um, yeah, we're in mid-July right now, but end of October will be here before you know it for better or for worse. In this case, for Duke basketball is always for better. Oh, we love Duke basketball, and you're right. It's right around the corner. We've got a lot of really big games on the schedule, a lot of big-time, big-six, power-five conference opponents that Duke will be playing this upcoming season. When you take a look at some of those premier matchups, let's kind of go through them, Kevin. What stands out to you? Well, I think the first thing was the game that capped this all off, and that was announcing the season opener against Dartmouth. That's going to be on Monday, November 6th. Um, Like you said, all the other games had been reported by different outlets, by different schools releasing that they're going to travel down to Cameron and play Duke. But this big question mark was still, who is Duke going to play in the opener? And it comes out of the Ivy League and Dartmouth, first Ivy League team that Duke's going to play since 2019. Big time game for Duke to open up the season. Jacksonville was the first opponent of the year for the Blue Devils. So one game, and then next thing you know, Duke does have one of those premier opponents Coming to Cameron Indoor Stadium, the Blue Devils will then on Friday, November 10th, take on the Arizona Wildcats. What can you tell us about this matchup? How excited are you to see this one, Kev? Well, this should be a good one because you get an actual home environment for this one with Arizona coming 
East to play Duke and then Duke going back out to the West Coast to play Arizona next year. I mean, it should be a fantastic game. Two teams that are probably going to be in the top 15 in the preseason rankings and presumably they hold serve for their season openers. It's going to be a top 15, top 10 matchup. Um, and the first true litmus test for this Duke team that really starts a, a really brutal week to open the season. We talked about that Dartmouth game. That should be a layup. Then you take on Arizona at home before you got to travel to Chicago to take on Michigan State in the Champions Classic, which we'll get into next. But I think it also highlights how people don't really put a lot of stock in the exhibition games. And you remember a couple of years ago, before the season opener was the Champions Classic, there'd be two games two regular season games before Duke went on to play the Champions Classic. And you kind of have that situation here this year with one being the regular season game against Dartmouth, the other being um, the exhibition game against UNC Pembroke. So I think that's obviously, I don't want to say it's a big game, but it's certainly going to be a a game where Duke should treat it like a regular season game and not as much get guys in and, and rotational pieces some time. I think the first bulk of that game should be treated like it's a regular season game and try and get the guys a little more comfortable playing against uh, a different opponent uh, compared to just themselves in practice. And not to mention a season like the 2018-2019 year when Duke's very first game of the season was in the Champions Classic Mm -hmm. against Kentucky. Zion Williamson and company absolutely obliterated the Wildcats. But you're right, it is very interesting to see the number of games that you're going to have before you get into those big-time matchups. And I think Arizona is going to be a really good basketball team this upcoming season, so excited to see them uh, come to Cameron. And then next year, of course, Duke will return the trip. They'll go out to the West Coast to take on the Arizona Wildcats. The Champions Classic is up next each and every year. Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State – all rotate who's playing who, but then additionally, they also take the opportunity to uh, to rotate where it's located. So this year, it's going back to Chicago, and Duke's got Michigan State coming up on the schedule. I can vividly recall many postseason games with Michigan State in the tournament, Kevin, right? I mean, we've met the Spartans in the postseason so many times, but thinking about the Champions Classics over the years, at least for me, I feel like the more impactful games or the ones that stick in the brain a little bit easier for me have been those matchups with Kansas and Kentucky. Not as many memories from Champions Classic matchups against Michigan State. Yeah, you said it perfectly. It feels like Duke and Michigan State find a way to play each other just about every year. But like you said, it feels like it's typically in the NCAA tournament, although once every three years it does come in the Champions Classic or in what was no longer a thing now in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It felt like Duke and Michigan State would always find a way to match up. But, yeah, this is the the back end of the critical early two-game swing here for Duke. I mean, you're playing two teams that are going to be inside the top 20 of the preseason rankings, and you want to start the season off on a, on a good foot. You want to validate that expectations that surround this program of they're going to be either the number one or number two team in the preseason, that they are one of the heavy favorites to win the national championship in April, and they have a chance to do so right out of the gates early on, start off hot against Arizona and Michigan State. Now, obviously, uh, Duke fans are all over the country. I'm not going to say this is going to be a Michigan State home game just because East Lansing and Chicago are closer than Durham and Chicago, Um, but you have to imagine there's going to be uh, a few more Michigan State fans sprinkled in the crowd than you would have anticipated had it been in an arena like Madison Square Garden. A homecoming for Coach John Shire as he goes back to his roots like Coach K uh, from the Chicago area. So uh, with that being said, talking about this Michigan State matchup, I mean, do you recall any big memories from the matchup between – I could even think of more 
meaningful Big Ten Challenge games that Duke would have at East Lansing rather than the neutral site games against the Spartans. Yeah, I remember the the ACC Big Ten Challenge game where Trey Jones, I think, ended up stepping on the chest of Foster Lawyer. Yes, um, I that play was in my brain. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have I, I have to go back. I'm pretty sure uh, a, a Champions Classic game. I think it was in Chicago too with Duke and Michigan State. I think it was going to be Grayson Allen's sophomore season, junior season, when he went for like 35 points in the Champions Classic. I'm pretty sure that was against Michigan State. Um, that's the biggest one that sticks out in my brain um, when these two teams played in the Champions Classic. But like you said, you, you, you for whatever reason, a, a lot of more memories stick around of NCAA tournament games and ACC Big Ten Challenge games. Look at you, November 14th, 2017, Duke over Michigan State, 88-81. Grayson Allen, a career-high 37 points. Trey Duval had 17 points and 10 assists in that one. Good yeah, memory I, I, from you, Kevin. I just I just remember watching that game and I just I can't remember if it was his sophomore year or junior year, but I knew it was a champions classic. And I just remember him going off and everybody saying, like, this is the year of Grayson Allen, and this is the year Grayson Allen's gonna be the Jimmer for Dead of college basketball or so on and so forth. And shame on me for forgetting this game because that was number one Duke versus number two Michigan State, the ultimate game to open up sort of the start of the season. My apologies, Duke fans, for completely erasing that game from memory. But as you're speaking, I could see more and more of those three-point shots from Grayson falling uh, in that matchup there. So uh, with that being said, if you've got any Duke and Michigan State Champions Classic memories, be sure to share those with us in the comments down below if you're watching us on YouTube. Let's take our first break here on today's program. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by one of our new friends, eBay Motors. That's right, eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money comes back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, let me say that number again, 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. We move forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Kevin Connolly, the site expert for Ball Durham. We're taking a look at the non-conference schedule for Duke. Three games out of the way, opening up the year against Dartmouth, Arizona, and then Michigan State in the Champions Classic. Three straight home games for the Blue Devils in the non-conference. Bucknell, LaSalle, and Southern Indiana. Any thoughts on these games? To be quite honest, not really. I mean, this is Duke's multi-team event for the season. Um, typically, you like to see them in a little bit of a bigger um, event, like you, like the Maui Invitational, um, kind of events like that. Jimmy V Classic, even um, even though just, that's just a single game. Um but, yeah, not, not that many thoughts on this game. LaSalle um, sometimes can put together a pretty solid squad. Uh, I think the only noteworthy thing about these three games is 
um, the Southern Indiana game on Friday, November 24th, day after Thanksgiving. So um, could be a trap game if you're not really into it and still thinking about the Thanksgiving holiday the day before. Yeah, Southern Indiana, of course. Uh, I, I think of Southern Indiana with the Bruce Pearl ties, one of his first stops as a head coach, and obviously being an Auburn alum, quite close to, to Coach Pearl and what he's got going on uh, with that program. But, yeah, looking at those three games, you're right. There's really not much uh, to jump off at you when you're looking at a combination of Bucknell, LaSalle, and Southern Indiana. But they're going to be quality teams. Duke's got to be ready to rock and roll when it comes to going up against those competitions. Uh, so we'll circle back and kind of give a, a breakdown of each game here in just a moment. Next, we've got the uh, ACC-SEC Challenge, November 29th at Arkansas. We've talked about this game already when it was announced. But to your point on the schedule aspect, it's right after Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Duke's going to travel to Fayetteville to take on the Hogs. Yeah, and it ties back into that Southern Indiana game. I think coming out of the Thanksgiving um, break, which I guess they don't really get a break, they're still going to be on campus, but you get a game under your belt, shake off the cobweb, shake off any rust, and then you prepare um, over the weekend and into the early parts of that uh, last week in November for maybe your biggest game, your toughest game in the non-conference schedule is a trip down to Arkansas, who again is expected um, to be a top 15, top 20 team, maybe even better in the preseason and who knows three weeks into the season what they'll be on November 29th. But, yeah, you can make a, a valid case. This is Duke's biggest game of the non-conference season. November 29th at Arkansas. The next non-conference game is December 9th at Charlotte. Again, the ACC schedule hasn't been released, but I would anticipate from November 29th until December 9th with the new schedule that we've seen the last few seasons, I think we're going to see the first ACC game for Duke of the season in that kind of break. And then on December 9th, an in-state opponent, Duke's going to take on Charlotte. The University of North Carolina at Charlotte, the 49ers, will come to Cameron Indoor. Yeah, you made a good point there. I agree with you that I think an ACC game is coming in between the Arkansas and Charlotte games. If you remember last year when Duke had their ACC Big Ten Challenge game against Ohio State, a couple of days later, they played Boston College on the, that first weekend in December That's as right. their first ACC game and then came up to New York to play Iowa in the Jimmy V Classic. So, yeah, I think there should be a game in their conference game, the first conference game of the year in between those Arkansas and Charlotte dates. Hofstra on December 12th. Any thoughts on Hofstra here, Kevin? Yeah, I do. Out of the CAA, Hofstra is a really good program. Uh, Speedy Claxon as their head coach. Um, I think this is – That's a name basketball fans will remember, yeah. Yeah, Speedy Claxon, the head coach of Hofstra. Um, I think this could this is going to be Duke's toughest um, non-conference game from a, a mid-major. Um, this is not going to be a game where Duke can just roll out of bed and, and come, up, come away with a victory. Um, now, granted, Duke will probably be a prohibitive favorite in this game, but Hofstra has played a lot of power conference teams cl- close and even upset them on the road before under Speedy Claxton. They're not afraid to schedule big. They're doing it here against Duke. Um, and Hofstra, the pride, could be a really tough uh, opponent for the Blue Devils. Uh, December 20th, five days shy of the Christmas holiday, Duke will head back up to New York City as they do each and every year. They're playing a game in Madison Square Garden. It was Iowa last year. It's visitors from the Big 12 Conference, the Baylor Bears, on the schedule for Duke on December 20th. Yeah, uh, the Big 12 is trying to create like this footprint in New York City. I don't know how many of your viewers might have seen it on social media a couple days ago. Um, They had this clinic going on at the historic Rucker Park in New York. 
Um, and it feels like the Big 12, you've heard rumors about them maybe trying to lure UConn and invite UConn into their conference. So they're trying to certainly make a presence here in the Northeast. So going to be interesting to see how many Baylor and Big 12 fans come out because, you know, Duke's going to have a big, uh, big support system in Madison Square Garden. And this is kind of where you push all your chips into the middle of the table. You go all out for what would be another really impressive victory in a neutral site game against Baylor before you break for the Christmas holiday. Um, so I'm expecting Duke to come out with a big effort under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden against Baylor. And then finally, it's a game with Queens. A home game is the final non-conference game of the season for Duke, two days shy of the new year. That game will be played on December 30th. So we take a look at the schedule as a whole here, Kevin. Our friend Russ, uh, who runs the Twitter account at Duke Better, put up last year's Kim Palm ranking for the out-of-conference games for Duke. So if we rank all those games that we went back, the home game against Arizona, the Wildcats were 11th, Baylor 16, Arkansas 22, Michigan State 26, Hofstra 89, Charlotte 106, Queens 203, LaSalle 225, Dartmouth 260, Southern Indiana 285, and Bucknell 303. A pretty good mix of uh, non-conference opponents for Duke. Yeah, you have your your four big power conference teams. I would love to see one more in there, kind of just hope like trimming the Blue Devil Challenge down to two games and getting another uh, big-time um, power conference opponent on that schedule that didn't shake out that way, unfortunately. But, yeah, you have a couple of decent mid-majors in Hofstra and Charlotte on the schedule, and then you have a couple of layups thrown in there as well. So um, it's a good mix and match for this Duke schedule, but – like I said, I would would have liked to see one more big time game on this on the non conference slate. Well, let's talk about this. Something we haven't mentioned yet. When we're looking at the schedule, you've got that game against Southern Indiana the day after Thanksgiving. What does that mean? Duke doesn't have a feast week matchup that mm-hmm. we're typically used to seeing when it comes to uh, the Maui invite, right, or the battle for Atlantis. Some of those premier college basketball tournaments that take place in the uh, in the preseason before you get into the conference play, I should say. None of that on the schedule for Duke in the 2023-2024 season. I can't recall the last time Duke didn't participate in one of those big tournaments. Yeah, and that's what – it's kind of a bummer. I mean, the the Blue Devil Invitation or the Blue Devil Challenge um, is that MTE multi-team event this year, so that takes the place of a Feast Week tournament like the Battle for Atlantis and and the Maui Invitational. Um, It it stinks to see it on the schedule that you're not going to wake up one – Wednesday, Thursday morning, and Duke's going to be playing at 12 o'clock in Atlantis or, or uh, 11 o'clock in, in Maui. Um, but that's unfortunately just how the schedule shakes out sometimes. Kevin Connolly is the site expert for Ball Durham. He's joining us here on the program today. Tell me about some of the work that you do for Ball Durham and where people can find that work, Kevin. Well, you can read us at balldurham.com. Follow us on Twitter at ball underscore Durham. Um, And we're all over the offseason right now. Um, A lot of uh, little recaps of the videos that are coming out from offseason workouts and offseason practices, as as well as other uh, stuff that comes out. We talked about earlier this week about the press conferences that Duke held last week, Um, still incorporating some of that stuff into our articles and as well. Um, we got a ton of recruiting stuff. It's the heart of the recruiting season, so a um, ton of recruiting pieces coming out as well. 
Also this week, uh, we had our first-time visit on the program from Pablo Kong, who's a contributor there for Ball Durham. Really good conversation with him that you can go back and find on the Lockdown Blue Devils feed. So with that being said, you got a great team. you got great content, great stories this time of year over at Ball Durham. And we saw about a six-minute clip of uh, some uncut footage from Duke's four-on-four scrimmage recently. You had some takeaways from that that you published on the website, Kevin. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so it's it was finally great to see extended clips of this Duke team now, albeit in a limited capacity, because when that scrimmage happened, uh, Jeremy Roach, Kyle Filipowski, and Mark Mitchell still weren't cleared for contact, but took a deep dive into that four-on-four scrimmage, and I think the biggest takeaway um, was the guard play. Now, it was the freshmen against the veterans, so you had uh, the four freshmen of Caleb Foster, Jared McCain, TJ Power, and Sean Stewart going up against a mix-and-match of the veterans um, that are returning. But I think the guards, to me, stood out the most by far, specifically uh, Caleb Foster. Now, we've really built up Caleb Foster a lot here in the past week, but it just seems like he has he has a moxie when he plays. He knows what he's going to do with the basketball at all times. He's crafty. He can shoot. He seems like a really tough guard. Um, but, yeah, Caleb Foster really stood out, and obviously um, Tyrese Proctor as well. Um, really highlighted the two of them in that piece. Just Tyrese Proctor, he just seemed like he was so, so much more comfortable with the ball in his hands, um, mid-range jumper, shooting from deep, getting to the basket, finishing around the basket. I was really impressed. The biggest takeaway I had was the three the three-headed guard monster of Foster, McCain, and Proctor, but specifically uh, Tyrese Pro- Proctor and Caleb Foster. Really awesome that we are getting this footage this time of year because we are speculating what these lineups will look like, who the starting five is possibly going to be. Jeff Goodman, such an experienced uh, college basketball reporter, is putting out there earlier this week that he envisions TJ Power potentially being a starter for the Stuke basketball team. I mean, Kevin, we have officially reached the time of the year where we're starting to debate who the starters are going to be for each basketball team, which means – And with the non-conference schedule being finalized, Hoops is right around the corner. Yeah, and and power was really impressive, too. Um, A couple other takeaways I had were how well it seemed like this team shot the ball. Now, obviously, in in a scrimmage like that with the footage, you're only going to get the highlights. So they shot the ball really well, and I was really um, impressed on how they ran in transition. It seemed like even the big guys of Sean Stewart and Ryan Young wanted to push the ball up the floor. So certainly exciting times here in the middle of the summer. Kevin, really do appreciate the time as always from you. Your coverage is outstanding. Give me one more plug for your work, if you will. So you could follow us on Twitter at Ball underscore Durham and then read us every day at BallDurham.com. Thanks for the time, Kevin. We'll do this again soon, okay? Thanks, JJ. All right, that's Kevin Connolly. He is the site expert for Ball Durham, and he's joining us here on the program today. That's going to do it for today's show of Locked On Blue Devils. Thank you, as always, for your support. We'll be back with you next week for another full edition of Locked On Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do. I'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you, and good day.